No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Have you ever had something unexpected turn your head? That's what happened to Moses when he saw a burning bush on a mountain that didn't consume. This event would change history. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. Often, it is when we least expect it that God reveals himself to us. We pick it up today in Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Moses' life can be divided into three equal parts, each lasting 40 years. The first 40 years he spent being educated in the University of Egypt. The second 40 years he spent being educated by God in the University of Sinai, where he herded sheep in the desert. This was his preparation for shepherding the nation of Israel. And why was this so necessary? When he was 40 years old, he thought he could deliver the Hebrews in his own strength. But God had to teach Moses some valuable lessons, especially that apart from him, he could do nothing. It took 40 years to transform this cocky Egyptian into the meekest man on the earth. Verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? As Moses approached Mount Horeb, that is Mount Sinai, from a distance he saw a bush up on the hill that was on fire. That's curious, but not impossible. There were thunderstorms and dry desert brush. However, this bush kept burning and was not consumed. So Moses thought he would climb the mountain and investigate. Now, we believe that the angel of the Lord that's mentioned here in the flame of fire was none other than Jesus Christ. Verse 4. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. The Lord waited for Moses to turn aside and look. What if he never had? It is interesting that God could make his presence much more obvious to us than he does. I mean, he could just stick his head through the clouds and say, Hello, world, I'm God, and you're not. But that's not the way he chooses to reveal himself. Instead, God presents evidence of his existence, such as creation and his prophetic word and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He waits to see if we will turn aside and look. He reveals himself to those who seek him, but he does have his way of drawing us to himself. 
Moses needed to be trained in the school of holiness, as we all do. There is a familiarity that is irreverent and really unworthy of God. Do you know that the four living creatures around the throne of God in heaven cry out continually, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And so as Moses approached the angel of the Lord, he had to set aside the things of the world, for he was standing on holy ground. If we would draw near to the consuming fire of God, then we too must set aside the things of the earth. Thankfully, we are cleansed and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ so that we have confidence in approaching the throne of grace so that we can find mercy and help in our time of need. Verse 6, Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. The Bible says that God dwells in unapproachable light. Later, God would tell Moses that no one can see his face and live. Jesus said that people won't come into the light because they are afraid that their deeds will be exposed. So we can understand why Moses hid his face and was afraid to look at God. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. No doubt the Israelites were thinking that God had forgotten and forsaken them, but he knew all about them. He was the one who was multiplying them despite the hardship they suffered in Egypt. The Lord uses four verbs to reveal how aware he is of his people. First, he said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. God saw every single oppressive, cruel, and abusive act done to his people. Nothing escaped his careful attention. Some people figure that if God sees evil and he doesn't do anything to stop it, then either he isn't omnipotent or he isn't good. But neither conclusion is correct. God is omnipotent and he is good. But his ways are not our ways. And he does allow evil to exist in this world. But he will judge every single act in his time. Second, he said, I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I don't know how you feel, but I feel sometimes that my prayers bounce off the ceiling. But the truth is, God hears each one of our prayers. He stores them up in a golden censer in heaven and answers them according to his sovereign will in his time. Third, God said, I know their sorrows. 
It is possible to have knowledge of facts, but little else. I can know of a disaster that happens on the other side of the planet, but have little personal connection. On the other hand, this Hebrew word translated no is also used to describe sexual relations, as when Adam knew Eve. I believe that God had more than mere knowledge of the facts concerning his people. I believe that God knew their sorrows because he suffered with them, for he is a God who is full of compassion. And fourth, God said, So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Sometimes it seems like The night lasts so long. God makes us wait, and we wonder if he will ever answer our prayers. But everything God does is very good. Whenever he comes down to do something, it is wonderful. When he came down, it wouldn't be just to make things a little bit more tolerable in Egypt. He would deliver them out of Egypt and bring them into their own good and spacious land flowing with milk and honey. That is why it is so foolish for us to become impatient and take matters into our own hands. If we do that, we will miss God's best. Verse 10, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I am amazed that God chooses to use people. It seems that We are so problematic. He would be much better off just to do the job himself. Or else it seems that angels could probably do better than humans. But that isn't God's method. He uses people to reach people. God chose Moses. Eighty years earlier, he guided the tiny ark of bulrushes on the Nile River to Pharaoh's daughter. Moses was set apart from birth. And God spent 80 years preparing him for this calling. The next 40 years of Moses' life would define him forever in the minds of every race and generation of people. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Forty years in the University of Sinai had changed Moses. He was no longer the self-confident prince of Egypt who thought he could deliver the Hebrews. If Moses was given a psychiatric evaluation, the diagnosis would be that he was suffering from poor self-esteem. But now he was at the place where God could use him and work through him. If we think we can do it ourselves, then we rely upon ourselves rather than upon God. But when we know that we are nothing, then God can begin to really use us. Moses said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now God could have replied, Thou art Moses. But God didn't answer Moses' question because it was completely irrelevant. It didn't matter who Moses was. What mattered was who God was and that he would be with him. And this is what we must 
all understand if we would be used by God. It has nothing to do with us. Our ability doesn't make us more qualified, and our disability doesn't disqualify us. It has everything to do with whether God is with us. It has everything to do with his grace. And that is why when the Apostle Paul struggled with his thorn in the flesh, the Lord said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, think of what we could accomplish if only we really understood this. Finally, God would give Moses a sign that he had chosen and sent him. Moses would bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and back to Mount Sinai. In other words, Moses would accomplish the task to which God was calling him. Where he had failed to deliver the Hebrews at age 40, he would succeed at age 80 because God was with him. Jesus told his disciples in John 15, 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Those words are music to my ears. For if the Lord chose me, then he will bring about the good he has prepared for me and he will do the same for you. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. There is much in Scripture about the name of the Lord, but what is it? And why is it so wonderful? God revealed the meaning of his name to Moses, which is unlike any other. We hope you'll join us tomorrow as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible.